0: What's up everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Life's a Garden. It's finally happened. I did it. The day has come. I have officially joined the League of Bald Gentlemen. Something I've been talking about for a long time. I told myself by the time I was 30... I was going to go ahead and just start shaving the head clean, and I couldn't even make it to 30, but my mom bought me this awesome head shaver, and the time is now. I tried doing the the short, short hair, the one clip, and even still, it just does not look good, so I finally made the decision, joined by an illustrious group of men, some of my all-time heroes. David Draymond from Disturbed, Maynard James Keenan from Tool, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and of course, Joe Rogan. So I I line up next to an illustrious group of men with no hair. Had to wait for the beard to grow back before I fully went, went the shaved head route, but the day has come, and I mean, you're not even going to know the difference anyway. I always wear a hat. So, it's a cleaner look, it looks way better, I still got the beard, and I always wear the hat anyway, so who gives a shit, right? Am I right? Um, oh, also, I want to start off by mentioning this as well. I told you uh, at the Lag Awards episode that we were going to start doing ads. Well, you may have noticed, there haven't been any ads. As it turns out, there are some parameters that go along with getting ads the biggest of which an audience which makes sense they the advertisers want to know that there's going to be people hearing their ads they're not just going to pay any joe blow so you all know what that means please subscribe to the youtube channel um if you don't if you don't follow me on spotify or apple Podcasts yet please follow even if you don't listen it's a big help If you don't watch on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube. And most importantly, invite people. Ask your friends. I mean, even if they don't watch, the subs help out so much. So please, if you would do me that favor, go subscribe, invite your friends, do all that. Let's boost those numbers up because, unfortunately, that's the only way I'm going to get advertising. But anyway, nonetheless, thank you guys so much for joining me. Thank you to those who have been subscribers and who are all longtime loyal fans. Um, we're going to get into a good one this week, so stick around. It's episode 134 of Life Cigar. Cheers, everybody! Back to a fresh, brand new episode. Uh, let me go ahead and just kick off this one by sending out thanks to everybody who came out and uh, supported the band this past weekend uh, down at Craft Local. Great turnout, man! It was it was everything I could have wanted and more. Huge thank you to all the bands, all the awesome bands we got to play with. My Last Dime. Uh, Juniper Black, and Pressure Knot. If you haven't heard any of those guys, go check out their pages. Follow all of them. Those All of them crushed. It was a, it was a great night of music. Of course, thank you to Craft Local for putting the show on. Thank you to Stephanie for booking the show. Thank you to Sean for running sound. Thanks to Dwayne for overseeing all of it. Um, yeah, dude, we love playing down at Craft. It was a great show. I thought, we did a good job out there. I mean, I know for a fact the energy was high because we haven't played in almost 5 months, I think it's easily been 5 months. So, needless to say, my neck and my back, my pussy and my crack, uh my neck and my back were both completely shot after the show. 2 days after, I was just like like a cripple. I couldn't hardly turn my neck. I went hard I made sure of it because it had to put on pres- the had to put on a show had to put on a performance and uh yeah no so thank you to everybody who came out and supported um <laughs> little story for you on this one so during we, we headlined the show we were privileged enough to be able to headline this one um, right before us was pressure not and they had a, a Big old crowd, you know, they they had some people that were clearly, you know, there just for them, which is, you know, that's cool, everybody has them, um, and so, we're, we're, uh, I'm sitting down with my family, my, my cousin Forrest, and my cousin, uh, uh, his wife, and, uh, his son, Noah, they all came from Livingston to come check us out, which was awesome, by the way, so thank you to those guys for, for traveling to come check us out, but, um, we were, I was sitting down at the table talking to them, and Pressure Knot's up there playing. And they're they're heavy, man. They, they, they put on a show. They're, Mike, one of the all-time legends of Billings Music, all those guys fucking kill. I love Pressure Knot. They're easily one of my favorite local bands. And I love playing with those guys. All those guys are super cool. Anyway, so they're up there jamming, doing their thing. They got a big old crowd up front. Now, craft isn't exactly made for moshing. It's not quite that kind of vibe in there, or it's not really set up for that. But of course, you get heavy music, that brings out the moshers. So people are up there, they're bumping into each other, they're moshing, you know, kind of a small mosh, whatever. And all of a sudden, I I just I look up, and this this scrawny little meth heady looking dude is like picking a fight. With the biggest motherfucker in the pit um I know the cat just from seeing him at concerts he goes to like a ton of local concerts and uh metal shows he's a big metal head, but he's a he's a fucking gorilla of a man okay and if you looked up messhead in the dictionary, you would see a picture of this other dude right long hair greasy looking motherfucker and he and he's like Clearly going at this guy. I don't know what happened prior to this. What provoked him to do so. But the sound guy went up and was like, hey, cut it the fuck out. Let's have a good time. His lady was all like trying to push him back. And um, I missed this part, but apparently he wasn't letting up. He He kept poking the bear and the bear bit back. This was your textbook definition of fuck around and find out. Homeboy grabs meth head and straight up headbutts him in the nose. Just spills blood everywhere. I missed all that. I didn't see any of that. They threw his ass out. And the only reason I knew about this was I was going out to grab Drew, our guitar player, who was on the couple episodes ago. Go check that one out. And Drew's come, I was like, Hey, somebody wants to take a picture with all of us. And Drew comes out. He's got a bunch of blood on his hand. He's like, Oh, I just got to go wipe this blood off my hand. I was like, fuck dude, what happened? So he runs, wipes some blood. I go to the bar to get him a bandaid thinking he cut himself on a bottle or who knows something outside. Cause he was on the patio and I go up to him hand him a bandaid. He goes, Oh no, that, uh, that wasn't my blood. That was some crazy dude who was spilling blood out of his nose trying to get back in. And so Drew, like, kept him out. So <laughs> that was a very interesting part of the show. So if you're ever at a metal show and there's a big guy, hey, don't fuck with them, right? Like, that seems like common knowledge. So <laughs> that was a that was a fun story from the night. But overall, uh, then we went on. Had a good show. A lot of people there for us. Had a lot of people repping the merch. Which, by the way, I know y'all noticed this. Brand new Cutthroat t-shirts right here. And they are available for purchase through any member of the band. You can message the band page. Hit us up. We will hand deliver them to you. You can come pick them up. Whatever it may be. I mean, we won't hand deliver them if you live out of state. We can ship stuff. So, regardless. By the new merch, thank you to Jared Jared Ewan who's been on the show many a times for designing this uh this shirt uh I absolutely love it it's one of my favorites and it's the the Tri blend material, so it's super soft the other stuff the other shirts we had we kind of went with the basic shirt, which is fine, but these man ooh they are comfy um just sticking to the show aspect to to the um like so so first and foremost I just want to make this very clear what I'm about to say has absolutely nothing to do with the show we played at all it just made me think about this this is something that I've thought about for years okay this has been stuck in my craw for since since I was in my previous bands this has been something that I have held on that that stuck in my mind for a very long time so like i said this has nothing to do with the show we play we just played but some things that happened at that show like no 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 specifics definitely nobody from any of the bands definitely nobody from craft local okay maybe just some crowd members made me think of this okay and honestly maybe not but i gotta get this off my chest all right so being part of the metal community being a, a a metalhead myself, um, metal is metal in itself. For those of you that don't know, is a very broad term. Okay, when you say metal, or I guess rock is different, but when you say metal, it's a very broad term that encompasses many subgenres of that type of music. Okay, you got new metal, you've got um. Power metal, you've got hair metal, you know, heavy metal, 80s metal. The list goes on, right? And then you have, like, death metal and grind metal. The really, really heavy stuff, right? Um, The list goes on. There's there's so many subgenres of metal in itself. For me, I'm a metalhead who can appreciate... And enjoy multiple subgenres of metal, right? There's a certain community of metalheads who certainly prefer more of the heavy stuff the screaming, the guttural, the very, you know, heavy, you know, and that's fine. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. I get it. I get people who only like, you know, alternative rock or classic rock and don't even fuck with metal at all, you know? People who won't experiment or, like, broaden their horizons. That's fine in and of itself. Now, do I think pretty much everybody should open themselves up to more genres of music? Yes. Nonetheless, you can enjoy what you enjoy and there's nothing inherently wrong with that. However... And I think mostly this this comes to me from other musicians, and like I said, none of which I played with. I want to make that very clear. But in the past, I have experienced local musicians who play heavy music and like to shit on Anything that isn't that. I also know metal fans who do the same. Like, if you're not just the heaviest of the heavy or a specific type of heavy, then it's like, then you're trash, essentially. You know? They look at you like you're like you're just dog shit. And, like, we've been called uh, bro metal. We've been called, uh, um, what the hell, um like like whatever people call nickelback I can't think of the term um anyway we've been compared to bands like nickelback or you know whatever and that's fine people can have their opinion it doesn't really bother me that much but when it comes from your peers your metal peers and it's like it's these it's these metal purists or these loyalists and i think it's just because i'm a metalhead too and i can enjoy heavy heavy shit as well as like you know shine down and three doors down and bands like that i can equally enjoy them both i guess i just get annoyed by the fact that certain people and maybe it was just because the last show we played there was a lot more heavy stuff and and we certainly do not match up with a lot of that heavy stuff maybe it's because you know a lot of the fans left probably because they just came to see Pressure Not or Juniper Black and that's fine too you're here to support your band nothing wrong with that but this is just something that that has consistently i've noticed throughout my life of going to concerts and and i just i find it short-sighted at least it, at the least i would never shit on you know i would never openly i'll have my personal opinions about other bands other music other genres of music but i would never openly shit on um anybody who who has the courage to go up and perform their craft to to express their music. And like i said, this this wasn't something that happened to us anytime recently, but it has happened in the past to me and in other bands i've been in. And i guess it just was something i needed to get off my chest because it is something that is somewhat annoying. When you're this loyalist to a specific... Like, if you're not heavy, then you're a pussy. Is essentially how it feels. Like I said, have your opinions, whatever. I just find it to be very ignorant and short-sighted to think that way. And who knows? Maybe it's because heavy metal itself has been very demonized and very looked down upon that the metal loyalists feel they need to project that back at everyone else who they deem as someone who uh, looks down on them who knows like I mean I enjoy all of it I I have liked you know there's certain subgenres of metal that I'm not a fan of but I still respect it I still respect the craft and I guess for me when other musicians look down upon what you do as a peer it kind of sticks in your craw a little bit So, I kind of just wanted to get that off my chest. Don't be a loyalist. You know, expand your horizons a little bit. Again, like what you're going to like. That's fine. But there's no need to really shit on anybody else and say that they're lesser than, you know, whatever it is you enjoy. Same with people who don't like metal. There's no need to stick your nose up at heavy metal and be like, oh, we're better than that for whatever reason. It goes both ways. It really does. So don't be a purist, don't be a medalist, to, or a medalist, <laughs> don't be a, a loyalist to whatever music you like, and stick your nose up at any other kind. That's all I want to say. So, now that that's off my chest, let's turn our attention to the true hard-hitting issues here. Because you know, here on Life's a Garden, we cover the hard-hitting issues. Taco Bell... Just released their first taco Bell cantina this on uh, uh, in the in the upper Northwest in the Pacific Northwest. the first taco Bell cantina has opened now if you don't know what the Taco Bell cantina is, it is essentially just a taco Bell, but in addition to delicious tacos and burritos and things of that, they also happen to serve alcohol. Now, you might be wondering, where did they open this Taco Bell cantina? Was it Seattle? Was it Portland? Was it Boise? Hell, was it Bozeman? Uh Uh-uh. You would be dead wrong. They opened the first Taco Bell cantina in the Pacific Northwest in none other than Butte, Montana. Now, like me, you might be scratching your head saying, why on God's earth would they open that in all places as the desolate wasteland that is Butte, Montana? Well, the, the answer is truly simple. And it didn't take me long to really figure it out. Because why not pick a bigger place like, like Billings, like Bozeman, like Missoula? I mean, Bozeman's not even the fifth largest city in... Or did I say Billings? Butte. Butte isn't even the fifth largest city in Montana. So why open it there? Well, in order to make a successful Taco Bell cantina, you got to sell alcohol. So why not put it where you're going to definitely be able to do that? Where a place where alcoholics are a, a dime a dozen. And there is why you put it in Butte, Montana. So congratulations, Butte, on the first ever Cantina, the first ever Taco Bell Cantina. Chances are I won't be stopping by because I don't want to get murdered. <laughs> um, yeah, fuck Butte. But, um, speaking of murder, goddamn, uh, we had a, uh, hold up. Just there, there was a, a oh, an active shooter two blocks from my house uh, just a couple days ago, and that was a little bit terrifying. And your boy is 100% getting a gun now. I've talked about it for a long time. I've thought about it for a long time. The fact that I don't have one yet is probably a crime. So, with my tax return, first thing I'm doing, get me a gun. So, we're not dealing with that shit no more. Like, I'm I'm sick of this. Like, I'm sick of being worried about... God, I mean, the guy barricaded himself in somebody's home. He fucking came up on some dude just sitting in his car, opened the door, and capped him right in his fucking head. Like, that's terrifying. That could happen to anybody. That guy just so happened to be sitting in his car at that moment that some psychopath who I hope fucking rots in hell just comes up and takes somebody's life. Like that's so fucked. I hate that stuff, man. For what? Like for what? So senseless. Um also, okay, so here's another thing. Um Jeremy Renner, who you may know as Hawkeye in the Marvel series, um Hawkeye being the the bow and arrow hero, right? Jeremy Renner got run over by a snowplow and was in critical condition, almost lost one of his legs, and I saw a picture of him. He I, I, Sounds like he's doing all right. He's doing fine now. But what the hell? Like, go, Hawkeye got run over by a snowplow. What? How, how do you even get run over by a snowplow in the first place. And I guess there was some malfunction, like there was something supposed to like be able to, s- like a safety mechanism that didn't work. I'm not entirely sure. From what I understand, he was plowing his local road, which I don't even know why he's living in a place that's not California if you're an actor. Actually, scratch that. I completely understand why you wouldn't want to live in California. But, nonetheless. um, So, yeah. Hawkeye, is it fair to say that in this case, Hawkeye almost became Lego Lost? <sighs> Terrible joke. Absolutely the single worst joke I may have ever told on this podcast. But it had to be done. It had to be done, and I wouldn't have done it unless I knew the guy was going to be okay. God, I had to make the joke. It's the stupidest joke ever, but I had to make it. Somebody had to make it. Why not me? Why not me? Get it? You know, because like a loss, he also shoots a bow and arrow. <laughs> no, no, he got that. He picked up on that. NFL playoffs are here. We have finally reached the end of the regular season. Um, First and foremost, let me just start with this. Let me, let me talk some Broncos real quick. Um, I'll keep it kind of brief because I know not everybody's a Broncos fan out there, but at the beginning of the season, I was very excited, very hyped up thinking that we were going to have a much better season than previous years. We got Russell Wilson thought that we got Nathaniel Hackett. Like I thought all the pieces were going to come together as it turns out, wasn't quite the case. However, and you know what, even myself, Included, everybody else and myself included, were very hard on Russ. We were very vocal about Russ's performance. Why wasn't he being successful? Now, I will I will add that I did, in fact, come to Russ's defense saying he was not the only problem. We had a lot of injuries, and we had head coaching issues. And you know what? A lot of people wanted to deny that the head coach was as big a problem as people were saying. Well, the last 2 weeks of the Broncos season where we fired Nathaniel Hackett after a pitiful 50 to like 13 loss to the LA Rams on Christmas Day an absolute pitiful performance. We fired Nathaniel Hackett and lo and fucking behold what happens two weeks we we lost the first one to who was it the chiefs almost beat them by the way almost beat them should have beat them the chiefs held their own against the chiefs second week beat the san or the the los angeles chargers now why do i like first of all so this, the, these are the two weeks that we did not have Nathaniel Hackett. Here's why it's very clear that he was the problem. In two weeks, Russell Wilson had his two best... The two weeks without Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson has his two best games of the season. Scored three touchdowns in both games. Maybe had a pick in, in both. One of them I know for sure was not his fault. Got tipped. Um, he scrambled. He ran way better than he did all season. The O line and the special teams both had both the the coordinators for those positions fired, and both positions began playing much better. We had turnovers on special teams. We had uh, the O line protection was much better. It wasn't great, but still better. And (laughs) the biggest one for me, Albert O, who's a six foot six tight end, six foot eight tight end, maybe, runs a four four. Nowhere to be found all season with no explanation as to why he was not playing. Well, he comes back the second Nathaniel Hackett's gone and immediately scores a touchdown. And that in and of itself is all you need to know about why our season was a bust. Nathaniel Hackett single-handedly fucked our season up. Now you can add injuries to that list. But Jerry Judy out, had an outstanding the, the offense performed so well in the two games that we had without Hackett. We we averaged probably 28 points. In all the, in all the previous games combined, we maybe averaged 16 points a game. That is a huge difference. Russ had more touchdowns in 2 weeks than he did in six, what does that tell you? That's all you need to know. Nathaniel Hackett was the problem, and now we're on the prowl for an, our next head coach. It's either going to be Sean Payton or Jim Harbaugh, in my opinion. I think Jim Harbaugh is more likely the scenario, and I'm I'm fine with either of them, honestly. Jim Harbaugh's turned around every program he's gone to. Um, he's used to a mobile quarterback. He builds o-lines. On the other hand, you have Sean Payton who is a masterclass head coach. Like the guy knows what he's doing. He's won a Super Bowl. I mean, there's not much more to say about the guy. He's a great head coach. He's proven to be a great head coach, a winning head coach. I'm sure he will employ the right guys in each position to to make the team successful. The problem with Sean Payton is Got to trade picks, which we don't have a lot of after the Russ trade. So it'll certainly be interesting to see what happens with all that. Now beyond that, the Broncos season is over, and we move on. It all it on to next year, right? It, we capped it off with with some high notes. with With uh, we got something we can we can hang our hat on and maybe be hopeful for in the future. Moving on to the playoffs, though. NFL playoffs have begun. So um also let me let me see. Oh, I also wanted to mention this. How absolutely delicious is it that Josh McDaniels is blowing up the Raiders organization just like he did the Broncos. It only took him one season now. He got he's getting just like he got rid of uh, Jake Cutler, Derek Carr is out. They're gonna trade Derek Carr. There's talk about them trading Josh Jacobs. They didn't. They didn't sign Josh Jacobs' fifth year option. He led the league in rushing this year, and most likely, even if he doesn't, if they don't uh, cut him, he's just gonna go to free agency and make bank anywhere else. He can go anywhere, and I'm sure he'll leave. He probably will leave. They're talking about trading Derek. Uh, Darren Waller, they're talking about, um, about, well, they're not talking about Devontae Adams, but Devontae Adams is probably gonna want to leave because the reason he went to the Raiders was because of Derek Carr. So, I can't even tell you how absolutely amazing it is to watch the guy I knew was a terrible head coach. Probably one of the worst head coaches Denver's ever seen because of the way he handled so many situations. Go to a rival team and do exactly the same. Oh, it's, it's glorious. It's glorious. So anyway, on to the playoffs. Um, few predictions here, okay? So uh, let's just run through it real quick. Oh, gosh, I keep getting sidetracked. I I will give you my predictions, but I also got to talk about this. So first of all, the DeMar Hamlin thing, right, with uh, the Buffalo Bills. I was watching that game, and once I saw the replay of him collapsing like that, and, and then how long it was taking for them to get him off the field, I swore, I even told the whole bar, I was like, we might have a Dale senior, a Dale Earnhardt senior situation on her hands. This cat might be dead. And, uh, sure, sure enough, he did die on the field. He was resuscitated, brought back and, um, made a full recovery. So awesome for that, you know, shout out to DeMar Hamlin. And, uh, obviously the, the league made the right decision by not continuing that game, especially under those circumstances. However, the handling of just not playing that game. It really put a wrench in a lot of this playoff stuff. Mainly for the fact that. Oh, all of a sudden. The Kansas City Chiefs get handed. A first round bye. Well that's kind of fucked up don't you think? Like. Like. They lost to both the Chiefs, or the Chiefs lost to the Bills and the Bengals, both of which had an opportunity to be the number one seed had they won that game. <laughs> and, and because they didn't decide to do anything with that, the Chiefs just automatically get to be the number one seed with a bye week. Fuck that, because. Oh, I hate the Chiefs! God! That's so irritating. I'm rooting for the Bills, and I'm rooting for the Bengals. Those are my two horses. I don't give a fuck who represents the AFC between those two as long as it's one of them. I mean, honestly, I'll go for the Chargers, too. I'll go for the Jaguars. I'll go for the Ravens. I don't give a fuck. Any of them. Any of them. Just not the Chiefs. Now, one thing I do think they need to do, and it's me and a guy at the bar were talking about this. This is actually brilliant. They need to add an eighth team to the playoffs. You can have the, four, the top four be the division winners, and then the next four after that are the, the best records, like they already do. No bye weeks. Well, yes, there would be a bye week. The, the week leading up to the playoffs, everybody gets a bye week. There's no football that week. Maybe you can do the Pro Bowl that week, or you could, you could coordinate it where the college football playoffs are that week right so you got something to to watch that week all of the teams get bye weeks and then you get the and then you play the playoffs you know no bu- n- no first round bye everybody plays the first round and so on and so forth eight teams why not everyone else does eight teams hockey basketball baseball doesn't but baseball's fucking retarded so but yes at ad- that would have that would have solved all this because if you had that bye week, you could have played the game during the bye week they wouldn't have gotten the bye week, but it still would have changed a lot of stuff it would have been made for big stakes in this in this playoffs plus if you ever had to postpone any other game, you could just divert it to the end of the season like that I don't know, I don't know that's just me. I'm pissed off about it. I'm glad the league decided to to postpone that game. I wish they would have figured something better out. But now if Buffalo plays Kansas City in the AFC Championship game, it'll be played in Atlanta. It'll be played at a neutral site, which is a, a decent compromise, I suppose. But um and in my opinion, it's going to be one of those three teams: the Chiefs, the Bills, or the Bengals. One of those three teams will represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. And on the NFC, I pretty much just got it down to the. I, I think it's going to be the Niners going to the Super Bowl, but the Niners and the Eagles would be my two picks for for the NFC. But who knows? Anything's possible. The Vikings could easily come in there and and make some noise. The Cowboys, you know, you you can't ever put out Tom Brady. You know, it's there's there's plenty of options. Now, let me finally get to my predictions, okay? So, this is going to come out after the playoffs have been played. Um, But I've recorded this beforehand, okay? So, let's... Here's my predictions as to who is going to win the games, okay? Um, Saturday, who do we got playing? Saturday, Saturday well, I'm just going to run through them. So, I don't know what days they are. What days people are playing. But... We got the Chargers and the Jaguars. I'm going upset alert right here. and I don't think it's much of an upset, to be honest. I got the Jaguars at home. They're on a hot streak. They've won like five of their last six. They're feeling it, and it's always about who's winning now. The Chargers have had an up-and-down season all year. Brandon Staley is a shithead coach. I got the Jaguars beating the Chargers by like a... F- Maybe even ten points, dude. Maybe even ten, because they're a well-rounded football team and they're starting to get it figured out. Um, we have the let's see, the Bengals and the and the Ravens. I mean, Lamar's not playing. The Bengals just beat the Ravens. It's gonna be in Cincinnati again. You know, I'm going for the Bengals. I already told you it's gonna be one of those three teams in the Super Bowl, and the Bengals are gonna advance to the next round. Bills versus Dolphins. I mean, the Bills didn't get the bye week, but they might as well have. They're going to destroy the Dolphins, especially if DeMar Hamlin is in the building. They're going to be playing high for him. Uh, Bills are going to mollywop the, the Dolphins. Then on the NFC side, we got the uh, Buccaneers versus the Cowboys. This is a tough one, man. This is a really tough one. This is your Monday night game. You got playoff Tom. You know, they have a lot of potential. It's in Tampa Bay. Tom Brady's never lost to the Cowboys in his career. Cowboys still look good. They've had their problems the last few weeks. How does the run game do? The defense is there. Oh, it's a tough one, man. This is a toss up, really. It could go either way. I'm going to give the edge to the Cowboys. I think they have enough to get it done but like i said it could legitimately go either way um we got so who else um niners versus who are the niners playing the seahawks niners gonna stomp them i think the niners are gonna stomp the seahawks i don't know that's gonna be close like it could be close because it's division niners defense man they're just gonna they're not gonna give them an inch and then last but not least we have the uh Vikings versus the Giants. And this could be a good game. This this actually could be an upset by the Giants, I think. It wouldn't completely shock me, but I'm going to give it to the Vikings. I do think I mean it's at home. I think they got enough firepower with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. I think I think uh Kirk Cousins has a lot to prove. They're gonna get it done, and that's my predictions for, for the uh, the games this weekend. And now that you know, maybe I'll win. Cause your boy's back on the betting pool. I said I was done with NFL betting, but it's playoff time, and you know I gotta get on on the, get in on the action. I'm betting the I'm betting five out of the six. The one I'm not betting on is the Cowboys and Bucks because it's so close I can't even call it. I'll bet on the other 5 though and you know my bets. You know my predictions on those. So yeah. Playoff football, got to love it. It's it's kind of a relief when the when, you know, it's such a stressful time when the Broncos are in the playoffs. It's kind of a relief when I can put it in the other team some other team's hands. And if they lose, I'm not that heartbroken. If the Broncos lose, ugh, it hurts. It hurts so bad, especially in the playoffs. I wouldn't know though. It's been 7 years since I got to feel that. So, maybe next year. Um, all right. So, last topic of the day that I want to touch on. Uh, during the Christmas t- during Christmas week, My buddy pal, who you recognize, he's been on the show many a times, he came to town and kind of opened my eyes to something, alright? So, as it turns out, now you might be shocked by this, I have some deep-seated daddy issues. Now, I don't like using the term daddy issues because it makes me sound like a teenage goth girl who likes to cut themselves. Nonetheless, it's the only way I can really terminate, like, it's the only way to to properly describe it. I have deep-seated daddy issues. Now, that, that should, that realistically should not come to any, to surprise to anybody if you know my, my story, if you know my history. Um, so, as you may know, my dad was not around a lot when I was a kid, he, was in jail for much of my childhood and my, at my teenage years, which are both very important for having a father figure in your life. Now I've, I've mentioned to my uncle Don who was in my life, who did teach me valuable life lessons and lessons on how to be a a man, how to be strong, things like that. He taught me a lot of amazing lessons, right? My uncle Don, but, and, and, and in retrospect, I recognize the fact that he was a father figure to me. Nonetheless, when you're a kid or when you're, you know, a teenager, you still in your head know, like you, you don't look at it that way. You're like this guy, he's playing the role, right? But he's not my actual dad, and and you're not getting that connection, right? You're 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 not making that connection as a kid. In retrospect, I appreciate everything he did for me, right? And and of course, I got to have. You know, a better relationship with my actual dad later on in life. Um, but nonetheless, I, I I shouldn't say I have daddy issues because I'm over it. You know, I've I've moved past all that. But it's interesting to find out that you did when you were a kid. Like, uh, it's it's so obvious that I would have. And and you know what? I think a lot of that shit. And this is no disrespect to either of my my biological dad or my Uncle Don. This is no disrespect to them. But the lack of having that in my life definitely altered the course of certain things that I think and feel. For sure. There's no doubt about it. Um, maybe by the way I interact with women or by the way I... You know, who knows? Who knows what all played out in that? Um. But here, l- let me explain to you how this came to light for me. Because it's it's very interesting, okay? So it all started when me and Pal went to uh, church on Christmas Eve. The pastor was talking about the relationship between father and son, because God gave his son to humanity to die for us. And there was this whole thing about the father son relationship. The guy even went in the pastor even went in talking about, you know, how it's a it's a very common theme to have either an absent father or a neglectful father or some kind of an issue like that, right? And me and Pow, like Pow, I don't think has ever known his dad, right? So I'm sitting here like with Pow and we're both kind of like feeling that same thing. Well, the next day I brought it up to Pow. We're talking like I, I was just talking about how I felt in that moment and how that really spoke to me in that moment. And he, and he starts going on about like, so, God damn it. I hate when that happens. Um, he's going on about how he thinks the reason he, um, connects with certain movies, because he's a big movie buff. We were talking about movies all night. He said the reason he thinks he connects with certain movies and has a certain like love of specific movies is because of that longing for a father as a kid, right? He brought up the Goofy movie. He's like, the Goofy movie is one of my all-time favorites. And he knows I like the Goofy movie a lot, right? Like, I, I It's one of my all-time favorite Disney movies. I love the soundtrack, all about it, you know? And he's like, that movie is literally about the relationship between a father and a son. And I'm sitting here like... Holy shit, dude. My favorite movie is Big Daddy. That's literally my all-time favorite comedy movie is Big Daddy. I mean, it's in the title. It doesn't get more cut and dry than that. That's literally what the movie is about. It's about the relationship between a father and son. And then I start thinking about all the like, goofy movie for sure. If we're going to stick to the Disney theme. My top favorite Disney movies. I'm about to sneeze. <coughs> <coughs> that might be it. It always <coughs> always comes in threes. Always comes in threes, baby. Th- you know three is my lucky number. So I got to sneeze in threes. Sorry about that. Excuse me. My top favorite Disney movies are literally. So Aladdin. You can't really make the connection with the father thing there, but he was a poor, he's a poor kid, you know, looking for longing for, for something greater than that. I experienced that when I was a kid, but then you got Hercules. Literally the movie is about a boy. Now I thought most of these movies were because the, 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 uh, um, protagonist was a male and I just I just connected to that that's partially true but Hercules the movie is about a boy trying to find his family trying to like reconnect with his family mainly one of which his father Zeus Uh, Lion King Lion King he literally loses his dad as a kid and is trying to like you know like there's all these father son dynamics in these movies that I that I love as a kid. And so I'm like holy shit dude you just opened my eyes to some crazy shit right there. I mean Isn't that bizarre? It was just one of those things that like I never thought about. I never really like took the time to think about and when he said that I was just like it clicked. I was just like, dude, my favorite fucking movie is Big Daddy. Like, that is crazy. And it makes sense, you know? Like, I was a kid. I was a young kid between the ages of 8 and 18. And I never really had that bond. Granted, I did have something. So I didn't have nothing, which was nice. But especially as a young, young kid. And you know your dad's not there and you know why he's not there you feel abandoned or you feel neglected and so you find comfort in movies i guess you know that's why you that's apparently why i connected to some of these movies it's it's crazy to be honest like when he said that it blew my mind that that was just in my head without even thinking about it like it never registered to me that's why those movies might have been uh uh connective or enjoyable for me or why I would have sought those movies out so there you have it (laughs) there you have it right there I thought that was just an interesting thing and it's like with that though because I've thought a lot about that with all that the reason it's not something that's still prevalent to me is obviously I grew up and I and I found my way on my own and I and I and I learned to adapt to certain things by myself or without that or later on I got a little bit of that but when it comes to that stuff you got to let it go you can't hold on to anger or frustration or um resentment, you can't hold on to that, because it'll poison you, or, or you'll, you'll, you'll just live with, with this, uh, anger, you know, and it's not good, you'll live, you'll live with, uh, resentment, and, and you don't want that, you gotta let it go, you gotta let things go, and it's like, One thing I thought about too is, man, I just want, I I want to allow myself to feel things more. I've always thought, especially as a man, and maybe this, this might go back to being, you know, to having that longing for a father. I always, you know, I was, I was never open to my feelings. I never wanted to show my feelings. I never wanted to express myself and i'm i want to be able to do that more i want to be able to feel things and enjoy things or, you know express my emotion express my feelings and not feel bad about that and i don't think i don't think anybody would think that way it's just that's where i've put myself mentally is that that's how people would think but that's a goal of mine moving forward in my life is to is to feel things more and just to let the past go you have to let the past go. You can't hang on to the things that you regret. You can't hold on to the things that you, you know, are uh, resentful about or the things that you are, have a grudge about. You can't hold on to that stuff. It's just, it's going to consume you and it's going to dictate the way that you lead the rest of your life and you don't want that you know here's a you know here's a great example here and this isn't going to make a lot of sense to anybody who doesn't know this reference but i i get this reference really well so if you don't i apologize but i got to speak from my heart and what i know so if you understand this this is going to mean a lot in dragon ball z gohan yeah, when he in it's in the cell saga when Gohan is going to fight cell he his whole life he's had this this power this this hidden power within him but he's always held it back whether it was because of fear or because of um you know whatever fear uh his family his the safety of his friends Whatever it was, it was he always held back his power, his ultimate power. And a dying Android 16 looks up at him and says, let it go. He goes, anything that you're feeling right now in this moment, whatever it is that's holding you back, whatever it is that you've experienced in the past, whatever it is that you are afraid of, let it go. Tears in his eyes. And then, and then Android 16 dies. And Gohan does just that. He lets it go. And by doing so, he unlocks his ultimate power. So, in that reference, what I'm trying to tell you is if you let it go, you can unlock so much Potential. You can unlock your ultimate power. So let the past go. Let your fear go. And you will unlock. You'll unlock some special shit. You'll unlock your potential. And who had bigger daddy issues than Gohan? You got me. Another thing. Literally another thing from my childhood. Gohan, Goku might be one of the worst fathers in the history of fatherhood. Gohan had the biggest daddy issues. His dad died. He came back. He was never around. Always out fighting. Beat the shit out of him to train him to be stronger. I mean, goddamn. (laughs) Nobody's had bigger daddy issues. But you know what he did? He let it go. And unlocked his ultimate power. Became the strongest in the world at that moment. So. That's my analogy for all this. That's my nerd coming out. My inner nerd. If you don't know that reference. Then I feel bad for you honestly. Because that is some of the best storytelling. In the history of anything. Whether it's anime. Or just anything. I absolutely love. Dragon Ball Z. And I thought that was a decent reference, so fuck y'all if you don't get it. That's going to do it for us this week. Thank you all so much. I truly appreciate you stopping by. Please, don't forget, subscribe, follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever you get your podcasts on. Follow on there. All those numbers add up. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Helps us out a lot. Uh let's get those numbers up because then your boy can get advertisers and start making some cashola doing this. Otherwise, hey, maybe I'll go to a Patreon or something like that. Maybe I'll uh I'll have some kind of a donation thing cuz I mean, I might just have to. I don't want to do that. I really don't. I I feel like I'm feel like I'm taking out of your pockets. I'd rather you just listen to it and have somebody else pay me for it, but we'll see. I mean, we got a whole year to go. And I'm not in any rush. I just thought I might get started on it. Turns out there's some some roadblocks in the way of doing such a thing. But NFL playoffs, here we go. I'm excited for that. Go Bills, go Bengals. Those are my two horses. I'll go for the Vikings too and I'll go for the 49ers. How about that? Those are my two NFC teams that I'll root for and I'll root for the the Bills and the and the Bengals as I do as I did last year. Uh what else? Don't be a loyalist to your music. Please branch out. Look beyond your horizons. And of course, anything that's holding you back from your past, let it go. And you will feel much, much better. Um. And of course, you know it. The most important thing to remember Life's a garden. Dig it.